0: I said welcome to, welcome to the Dirty sports Podcast welcome to welcome to the Dirty sports Podcast
1: Welcome to the Dirty Sports podcast I'm your host Andy Ruther coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Prano. Hello, Andy. Morning. How are you, sir? Good. Good. I
2: know I want I want a baby update and you know, the health and safety and status of your baby is probably the most important thing. But also, before we do that, more important things. I'll be in Montana Next Friday in Bozeman. March 10th, last best comedy show in Bozeman, Montana. Tickets available now. I just tweeted it. I just retweeted it on Dirty Sports, retweeted on Dirty Slides. Put it on my Instagram. If you're in the greater Montana area, which I guess would be anywhere in Canada or the five states surrounding Montana, uh, please come to last best comedy show next Friday, March 10th. It's going to be a great show, great weekend gonna do some snowboarding gonna do some comedy it's gonna be awesome all right got some we got the real 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 important stuff out of the way how's your baby doing
1: she's good she told you for the show by the way i'm so glad you got the the plugs out of the way quickly yeah that's that's numero uno when it comes we'll pl- to the show
2: we'll plug we'll plug it again we've got a lot we've got a lot of uh you know behind-the-scenes, non-sports business to talk about. The uh, the jersey behind me needs to be discussed at some point I during agree. this episode. Um, but, uh, yeah, the show's next Friday, and I really, you know, I'm excited to go to Bozeman. I just want to get some dirt balls out. It seems like the kind of place where if dirt balls came out, we would have a really good time.
1: I agree. Montana's a wonderful state. Why don't we just get the jersey... Not that I'm, not that I. You you. Not that I'm pushing my daughter. To you the pushing back. your baby. Well, here's the, here's the quick update. Teasing the baby news. Here's the quick update.
2: Stick feeding. around for the second half of the show where you find out is Andy's baby alive.
1: <laughs> Savage. She is. The feeding tube was taken out today, so that's huge. That's great. Now I told you before the show, we got a little frustrated, Brittany and I, because it's to that point of like, okay. She seems to be doing pretty well. When can she come home? Did I make a spreadsheet a la, like I was doing a dirty sports statistical analysis to show the doctor, nurse practitioner, nurses, etc. today that she statistically feeds best with her mother? Yes, I made a spreadsheet. Do they think I'm a lunatic? Probably. But, you know, I live in a statistical world through sports, through this show, I just wanted to prove to them because she has to take 80 percent of her bottle to be right to be. To, to, and for, if you look here
2: at my feeding efficiency rating, mom is coming in way higher
1: than you guys. A hundred percent. And mom is coming in higher than the nurses. Mom is trending upwards from 77 to 84 to 88 percent yesterday. Did I have a spreadsheet all outlined with also a bulleted presentation ready to go had I needed that (laughs) didn't have to use it didn't
2: have to use it
1: but I did have a bulleted presentation kept thinking this is me having a discussion with somebody who says oh killer instinct well let's let's bring numbers into this is it actually killer instinct no is the baby actually feeding best with her mother yes let Isla leave and uh (laughs) I had a uh what did I have? I had what did I title it? I had a title for it, which I thought was pretty funny. It was uh titled Bring Isla Home.
2: Yeah. Facts only Isla feeding chart.
1: Yeah, it it, it was Hashtag a facts. Facts only. It, it's basically what it was. It was a facts only. And uh, you know, I was ready to rock. But anyway, didn't need that. Thank God. What
2: what what uh what hospital is this all occurring at?
1: This is it St. Elizabeth in Edgewood, Kentucky?
2: Ah, got it. So I was gonna say, because the Cincinnati hospitals have been, you know, in the news a lot lately. And it's crazy that DeMar Hamlin went home faster than Isla Ruther. Yes. Like what what are we doing here?
1: I know. Well, the good news, look. The good news is she's doing well. She's currently with with her mom who who said so basically they say once you get above 80% they take out the feeding tube. She did that for a day. The feeding tube is out. Now they say she needs to maintain above 80 and also gain weight for 24 hours. So mom is basically saying I'm not leaving the hospital cuz she feeds best with me. So mom mom is the real MVP. I get to go home and talk on sports. F- full wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what's going on. So good news. Hopefully have her back today and maybe I'm sorry, tomorrow or Wednesday, at the latest. And then, you know, Thursday, maybe she can talk sports with you and I. That'd be great. We'll do a,
2: you, you can, the first episode she's home for, you have to go full lion King and just hold her up on the podcast.
1: You know, I don't know what I'm going to do about social with her. Right? Like, I haven't shared her face. I, I don't know I mean, I, I just,
2: I just assumed she would, soon after coming home, you would cover her in cheese and onions and be like, baby's first three-way. <laughs> and she would, she'd essentially, I, I assumed her middle name was going to be Gold Star. I thought it was going to be Isla Gold Star Ruther. You know, she would just be the, the world's first social media baby.
1: They're not paying me enough for that. <laughs> I mean, every man has a price, right, yeah. Joe? I, I'm learning that watching the full swing on Netflix, the golf documentary alluded to, which which I enjoy. I'm almost finished with. I think I have an episode and a half. They don't go too much into it, but every man has a price. And and I was reminded watching that the people who take this moral high ground, I laugh so hard at. Like the I, I don't know. I just like to me, dude, you gotta do what you gotta do.
2: Also, I mean, I haven't watched the the documentary, but the thing about golf and the PGA and whatever is, again, we've talked about this so much, is the brainwashing of people, brainwashing anyone into believing that the PGA Tour is somehow like better for, you know, like morally, oh, we've just, you know, look at all the places in the united states of america that have a water issue that we've cross cut all these trees and constantly fucking use water and everything's nike which has fucking you know child labor issues and the the amount of clubs that didn't allow black people or women where we host events like it's not nonsense and then we go like saudi arabia it's like okay like the United States military and government, I love it. We the way they treat homosexuals over there. It's like, wow, well, how about the way we treat homosexuals here? How about the way we treat anybody well,
1: here? Not well, not yeah. It was just that's my whole thing. I was like, like the the reporters are my favorite in this, and they're, they don't give it too much airtime. But the reporters drilling the golfers about the moral stuff, and I'm like, dude. Don't even like, don't even get me started on the hypocrisy, but I do love the golfers in all the Nike gear judging it too. And I'm like, yeah, you guys heard what happens with Nike anyway. Anyway, I, I do recommend that. I do recommend you watch it. And I think anybody listening, it, it's a, it's a fun documentary. And I like those. I like sports documentaries where you kind of have an inside look into things. It's not going to make me a diehard golf fan, but. I like seeing different personalities, like seeing different backgrounds. It's cool. Now you alluded to the bill Walton thing. I I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot to add that to the rundown. Obviously that was heavily discussed on Twitter. And then also you and I personally texting.
2: Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I've said to a couple of different people, like this isn't, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that wants to make the fucking biggest thing about it because I don't really give a shit. Um, that much, but also, I do think it needs to be mentioned specifically on this podcast where the bill Walton impression uh really found its form, and really i mean i've been doing a Bill Walton impression on this show for a while, and listen, I by no means have the market cornered on a Bill Walton impression, a Stephen A Smith impression, a coach o impression. I probably have the market cornered on a Chris Mullen impression. You know, I don't think there's a lot of other people out there doing Chris Mullen. Um, I've got, you know, there's some impressions that I go deep in my bag for. But, like, I'm not the first person to do Eddie Vedder and, and you know, weave in Ticketmaster and George Bush. Uh, maybe I am Ticketmaster and George Bush. But, you know, my point, like, it's not like I'm going deep in my bag for a whole lot of people besides Chris Mullen. But the thing about Bill Walton is... Uh, you well, know, let's it, just it,
1: let's just let me hop. Yeah, in. Yeah. So, yeah. didn't even set. So Saturday Night Live
2: finally did a Bill Walton impression 10 years too late this past weekend. Uh I didn't I watched eight seconds of it and was like, OK, I'm out. He yeah, didn't imme- he didn't immediately start with a drug reference. He was not talking to bears, Uh, you know, even the way they shoehorned it in to talk about like the little LeBron thing or whatever it makes sense you're you're like okay Bill Walton's been in college basketball for how long now like how many opportunities did you have to do this during March Madness and whatever so anyway they did an impression uh Bill Walton did did an impression and of course because it's because Bill uh, Bill Walton has been such a caricature even of himself for the past 10 years we've all seen the clips we've all whatever it's like of course it like hit to some degree on social media. The frustrating part for me was obviously the impression wasn't great. And then also, as I said in my tweet reply to uh Chris Vass and my manager Randy who then put up a clip, uh it it is a little suspicious that for the last 10 years we've had Bill Walton memeable moments. And Bill Walton's rants and ravings existing in the Twitter sphere and on social media and not very long after I send them an audition tape with my Bill Walton impression on it. Suddenly they've decided to do a Bill Walton impression on the show and shoehorn it into an episode in the weirdest sideways way possible. It's very frustrating SNL has been accused of this a million times. They make you sign a form that says just this very thing. It does make you feel like guys, you know, I get that you have people sign these things so you can steal their material essentially, but also, you know, get, if you're going to do it, if you're going to stealing a joke is one thing, but stealing an impression and then not doing it as well, or not hiring the guy to do it. Like, hire me to be a fucking writer then. I don't know.
1: Well, it's definitely suspect. I mean, it is.
2: It's the most suspect. And I hate when people like do when like... When did you
1: submit your audition? It was
2: before, prior to, not this season, but
1: last season. And you said it was last summer. Yeah. So that's not that long ago. I, I completely agree. The Bill Walton saying wild stuff, the Bill Walton going viral, especially on Twitter the trending Bill Walton, oh, my God, did you hear what he said, has been going on for years, especially like the last five years. The last five years, it has gained so much steam. Like you said, they've had time to do this. For them to suddenly do this impression after you submit a Bill Walton impression, let's say six to eight months ago, it's completely suspect. And, and like you said, they are known for doing that. SNL is known for stealing audition tape bits. I lasted maybe 20 seconds. It wasn't good.
2: And uh, like I said, it's like, you know, I, I wasn't I'm not going to do a whole call out of them thing or whatever. I just want it the, the frustrating thing for me for the as far as the dirty sports audience goes is, you know, with Robin Williams back in the day. Was supposedly a, a great stealer of jokes. And he would take people's jokes and he would do them on Carson or whatever, or he do them on a late night show. And then he'd be like, well, I just did it on TV. So whose joke is it really? Basically, being like, you could accuse me of stealing all you want, but no one saw you do it in the belly room of the comedy store. They saw me do it on Carson. So now it's actually my joke, not your joke. And that's what's frustrating is we've done a lot of Bill Walton on the show. It's like one of the fun things I like to do. It's one of the fun things, I think, if people come to this show that they see that they don't get anywhere else. And now it's like, oh, these guys are doing a Bill Walton thing? Oh, yeah. Saw that on SNL. Not to, again, shout out another thing, but like how many times – in our thing, if we're in some sports argument with somebody, it's like, okay, you part of my take knockoff. It's like, guys, part of my take is a dirty sports knockoff. Like, do, do your fucking homework. Like, w- what the fuck are we talking about here? But because something's bigger and out there, then they turn it around like you've fucking stolen something. So it's annoying for me because now I know when we put out our stuff, it's going to be like, oh, well, we've seen this. We saw this on SNL. Cool SNL bit, guys. Not to mention, it's like, forget we do it, and then they do it after us. But we do it, and then they literally take it from my audition tape.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's that, annoying. That sucks. And I think, I could be wrong. I almost want to go to the tape on this. That might have been your first impression on this show. You did Bill Walton. I'm talking, I was even surprised. I remember. Remember how our setup used to be? Yeah. I think like the first episode, you were at my desk, and I was at on that old, gross, green couch. I You did Bill Walton or Stephen A. Smith as one of your first impressions. If not, you were doing Bill Walton by episode two or three. And I even remember, like, that's kind of random, thinking. Because at the time, Bill Walton wasn't—
2: as He was big, out of—he wasn't even, like, doing—he wasn't even broadcasting at the time, probably. It, yeah,
1: that was 2014. I don't think he was broadcasting.
2: Yeah, he was between broadcasts.
1: So when you did him, I was like, oh— Bill Walton, and I'm starting to kind of think, oh, that you know, the former player who did NBA for a while on NBC—that's what sucks—is you have nine years of this. I saw a response somebody put on Twitter, and it did make me laugh. Someone said, "I still laugh at Bill Walton." Your riff from Bill Walton during the Last Dance about guarding Jordan when he went off for like sixty, yeah. <laughs> And I just started laughing, thinking of that bit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm laughing right now. Yeah, man, it sucks. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't watch that show. You don't watch it either. It's just, yeah, I don't. It's 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 trash. It does suck, but you know, I'm sure I speak for all the dirt balls. You have to, you have to still keep doing.
2: that. Oh, work. sure. Listen, that guy will come and go, and you know, it just you hate to see. The You hate to see Bill Walton tweeting about it or like NBA players tweeting about it and whatever. And it's like, again, forget the fact that it's an – a lot of people have probably done Bill Walton over the years. I don't think they've done it to the extent that I have or with the, I don't know, extra touches maybe I put on it. But again, the real the real knife in the side is like – I served it for you on a plate.
1: Not to mention, I mean, we've had. Th- now that I think about it, even in the last couple of years, we've had dirt balls. Call- we had a dirt ball call into our show to have Bill Walton motivate his child yeah. for little, like I think, like knot hole or. I'll just know, I'll just say baseball. this.
2: I'll just say this. Three weeks from now, you know, when Jokic wins MVP, like end of the season when Jokic wins MVP or whatever, and SNL has. Chris mullen on to discuss Jokic winning MVP. um I'm gonna burn down Rock. I'm gonna, I'm gonna burn down Thirty Rock. Yeah, you know, yeah, but Jokic is a good guy. Good pass out of the post to me. He's just gets everybody going, you know. Yeah, so, I would love to have him in St. John's. Would love to have him on the Johnnies, you know. You know, uh, Jokic, a guy in Queens, he could have he could have gone out to uh, Brighton Beach, hang out with the Russian mob, whatever, you know, a bit great. When that happens, I'll 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 nine eleven the building.
1: <laughs> well, we we do have a lot of NBA stuff to discuss. First of all, Dean Lillard had seventy one last night. Yeah.
2: By the way, let me just say that was another yesterday so uh NFL season over now for a couple weeks. Obviously, You take a deep breath after NFL season. I took a deep breath with my gambling. And then this weekend, I was like, time to make some NBA bets. And I quickly went into NBA jam mode. It was just, he's on fire. Every bet I made was hitting. I hit every bet this weekend except for last night's plus 10 and a or minus 10 and a half nuggets alternate line that I was just feeling that was, that was honestly pulling up from, from half court. It was the heat check bet, but otherwise six for seven, including the Dame Lillard game.
1: Yeah, man. He like, I'll have the highlights playing here. He, uh, he went off, dude. Like here's the thing he shot a great person. He was 13 of 22 from threes. Yeah. You know, like it was, it was next level. What, What do we got here? Oh, here it is. Hold on. Let me, let me get this going. Sorry. Uh, I mean, it was next level just, I mean, that one shot that he took right past half court was just absolutely incredible.
2: He just, he, this is, it's so this, smooth. he is now the guy, you know, uh, we, we have, we have the very famous Steph, you know, third of a court L you know, hash mark extended game winner back in the day. But at this point, no one touches Dame when it comes to just like crazy deep pull-ups seems like he's ready to shoot it. Well, honestly once he passes half court he was feeling it last night he 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 absolutely just dunked on somebody um like he was going to that he was just doing it all and i mean the rockets are trash sure you know but who gives a shit the it's the we've we've talked about guys you know the Kobe Bryant big games and the Carmelo Anthony big games. And it's like just this one seemingly getting the 41 at the half, seemingly kind of just in rhythm, a rhythm game. Um, not, not this like, let's just, let's just let Dame heave it. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't even absurd. The shot that you just showed of him just pulling up directly over half court. It's just like, it seems
1: normal. Yeah, well, I mean, his stat line, again, absolutely incredible. He was 22 of 38 from the field. 13 of 22, as I said, from three-point range. Didn't miss a free throw, 14 of 14. So, to me, when these guys have these games...
2: Blood drug tested after the game, by the way. Did you see that? I did not. Blood drug tested. I don't know how to even... like. Did they think he took something that just gave him, like, the power? I know. What would you take that suddenly makes the basket bigger? It's like you're – like, he's in the NBA. He doesn't need steroids to shoot a half-court three.
1: Yeah.
2: Did they think he was on the limitless drug that, like, Bradley Cooper took? (laughs) Like, what did they think he was on?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's incredible. I didn't see that. That's hilarious. Dude, it's, I mean, it's, it's bonkers what he did. Yeah. And we see this happen. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell had 71. Booker had 70. And again, it was against a trash team. But I don't care what you say. You do, you get 71 points in a game. You get 71 points in a game. Yeah. I believe I saw.
2: And they sit at 11th just outside the. The play in game.
1: Yeah, I believe I saw that he now has five of current NBA players. He has five sixty or more point games.
2: I think that's correct. Yeah.
1: And he's leading the way. I think James Harden is second with three. I think I saw that stat. I'd love to be in a game like that, man. You just you just see a guy so in the zone. I don't think he gets enough credit. Steph is so smooth, and people love watching Steph. I think Lillard's right there, as far as just the well, well, the beauty. I will Lillard see the does
2: everything off the dribble, you know, because he's a true. Like I don't even want to say he's a true point guard because I wouldn't say he's a a classic point guard, but you know, he brings the ball up. And gets and and creates his own. And Steph certainly has that ability. But Steph also, when Steph has his big, huge, crazy games, a lot of times he's running off screens, catching and shooting. Um, A lot of times he's, you know, getting the ball thrown to him in transition and pull up shots. I mean, essentially every highlight you showed was Dame bringing the ball across half court himself, creating, making a shot, going to the basket It's, you know, it's wildly different games. And, and the, the off the dribble jumper to, to stay that hot off of that is really impressive. Whereas, you know, Steph, probably the greatest shooter in NBA history, but we've seen with other shooter, shooting, shooter, shooter types, um, is guys get hot, and it's just, boom, we're catching, and they're just making everything, catching and making everything. But to be doing all the work, to be getting your own shot, too, is is bananas.
1: Yeah, I, and it's crazy. I don't know if, if I triggered Dame's game, but I did tie my Papa Shot high score three times last night at, wow. one th- at 132. Three times. I couldn't get above
2: 132. it.
1: That's been my high score for about a month now. I got it three times last night. And then Dane played later because obviously time difference. I'm just saying maybe he felt that Andy Ruther stroke, you know, in my basement. We're he, not talk, I mean,
2: we, yeah, what what are we saying here? I was saying we're not. The Andy Ruther stroke. <laughs> after coming over and being and feeling that Andy Ruther stroke in the basement, he went out and had a great, great game. You gave him a little pregame release.
1: Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you said it they're they're in what eleventh place, yeah, currently, I wonder if he stays there.
2: It seems like he is because they've had so many opportunities at this point to change the the team around him, trade him, move him and and they've just never done it. It seems like they're committed to that dame life and he's a very enjoyable player to to watch. There's no doubt about that, but it does seem like a sad state of affairs for him to be stuck in Portland. I like the Portland trailblazers. I've always liked the Portland trailblazers specifically because of my boy, the, the, the guy who led them to a championship, the guy who led them to an, had an MVP season with, with head coach, Dr. Jack Ramsey in 1979, (laughs) Um, so I've always been a Blazers guy and obviously they, they used to be my official West Western conference team. Cause they have my boy CJ McCollum and the fact that they never really made it work to the tune of being a, a championship contender with those guys doesn't make me think that they're suddenly going to figure it out with, without, CJ and with it was with it just being the Dame show and it's too bad because you know we've had some really great Dame playoff moments but we haven't had them on the highest level which obviously always hold way 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 more weight if he's had some of those game winners in conference finals games or finals games you know we'd be looking at him uh through a different lens
1: yeah do they make the playoffs like right now Obviously, the West is pretty bunched up. You yep. have a game and a half separating seven Warriors, eight Jazz, nine T Wolves, ten Pelicans, eleven Blazers, and twelve Lakers. I mean, you literally have a game and ai am sorry, you have two games separating. Yeah, all those teams.
2: Uh, when you say, do they make the playoffs? T- are they in? Are they in the top ten?
1: Yeah, because <sighs> I think that I think
2: the Lakers are going to make a push. I think they are too. That was that was one of my big bets yesterday. I looked at it. Uh, I saw Mavericks, Lakers. Lakers were plus one hundred and fifty, and I I I panicked. I got to I got I went into panic mode where you almost can't type and can't do the things because so I was so desperate to make the bet before they corrected it. I was like, oh Lakers money line, let's go. Um, specifically because the Kyrie Lebron thing but also just the Mavs have been distraught and and uh a a bit of a mess since Kyrie came surprise surprise and um you know I think the Lakers are gonna make a push so I bet that and I mean that was a monster win after a, a big comeback I think the Lakers do make a push I think Portland will be right there. It's gonna what's gonna be interesting is to see which of those teams, a couple of which, you know, we're talking about, like the Mavs, um and the T Wolves, who also, you know, uh played yesterday on on national T V. Are do those teams do we lose the Mavs out of the top six and Minnesota out of the top ten? Does a Portland and an LA move up? I think I mean OKC is also just a half game behind the Lakers, but it feels to me like they're not ready. Maybe they don't want to be ready yet. Like they have so many draft picks coming up. Um, New Orleans, obviously Utah. I think Golden State hangs on. I'd be interested to see if the Mavs hang on. You know, we're now at. I think four out of their last five losses.
1: So we have a few calls about some of those Western Conference teams. So I'm going to get to that. 310-359-8365 is the hotline. We'll start off with a question about the Warriors.
3: Alex from the Bay Area. Sorry, I'll start this over. What's up, Dirty Sports? It's your boy, Alex, from the Bay Area. Just calling to say that I'm deeply disappointed in this year's Warriors team. You know, we got one of the greatest players of all time, Steph Curry. He's been on and off, but Joe, I know you've been seeing this two timeline shit. We got these young guys playing, but they're not playing. We got these, this championship core that hasn't been able to stay healthy. I'm just disappointed in this Warriors team. I, I know he, I know he won the championship last year, so I should be happy, but like, we should have traded for someone on the deadline. We traded our number one overall pick two years ago for a guy we could have re-signed in free agency, which is a fucking bullshit move. And the West is so stacked. I got to say, if the Warriors don't make it past, you know, the, you know, um, divisional round or whatever it's called, if they don't make it to the conference championships, I'm rooting for the Nuggets. I want Jokic to to go all the way but man i'd like you guys to talk about the warriors
1: all right so i'll just end it there so the warriors are right now like we said they're sitting at seven spot 31 and 30 disappointing year obviously they won it all last year yeah so it's like I also feel like, was last year kind of a surprise? Well,
2: last year was the no clear dominant team year. Yeah. And, you know, there's absolutely something that comes with playoff pedigree. Having been there before, they were just in a great position to, you know, the the Warriors are a lot like the Spurs were during the Duncan era. The this, the Steph Clay era, uh, the Steph Clay Draymond area era is a lot like the, you know, Parker Ginobili Duncan era. It's like every once in a while, a team comes out of nowhere and is great and has a run. But if not, you can kind of almost count that they're going to be there. Now, there have been injuries, Wiggins, uh, Steph, you know, all these things. But I, I dare I say it like. Don't punch each other in the face in training camp and then expect to have a good year. I mean, we're, we're, this is the year of Yeah. Jordan Poole that. is a nice player who got a big contract, but when I watch him play, and I watched him actually over at famous Warriors fan Andy Laz's house yesterday, was watching the Warriors game, and – they have a lot, a lot of nice little pieces that could grow into stuff. Like uh, Alex was saying, the, this two timelines. There's these young guys and these old guys and whatever. But it seems like there, isn't, there is a, a divide there. And specifically, that divide comes in the form of your veterans are punching your youngins in the face in training camp. Jordan Poole, like I was about to say, nice young player shows signs of really of greatness, but also plays sloppy, turns the ball over, tr- tries to do too much. And, you know, when you're sort of helped along by your veterans and say, this is how we do it, this is how we play, I think you could see uh, a different kind of progression from a guy like him. And when that progression is stunted by, you know, what a lot of people think is, like, the heart and soul of your team cold-cocking you in the face in training camp. Like, chemistry is important in basketball. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I know that you could say, oh, we're blowing this out of proportion, but, like, are we? They won the championship last year. They're a borderline playoff team right now. Again, they've had some injuries. But it is, to me, the Warriors had the potential and they seemed like they were doing it last year of of being a very spurs like team in that our stars are aging but we are we know how to shift
1: that and reload
2: and reload and obviously if you look at what happened with the spurs it kind of fell apart because Kawhi was like nah fuck it i'm out yeah and that has the potential of happening in warrior land, if your aging guys again are violently assaulting your young
1: guys. Not good for team chemistry. No. So we also have a call about the Kings. We'll keep I it knew in. this
2: was coming
0: eventually.
1: We'll keep we'll keep it in NorCal. We'll keep it in the uh the Bay area.
0: No, Ruther, it's Luca, catch money, your number one Sacramento dirt ball. I'm taking it. Uh, I just watched probably the greatest regular season basketball game in NBA history.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to stop it there. Big claim right there. In NBA history. Anyway, continue.
0: Uh, Kings ended up winning it 176-175 against the Clippers in double OT. And don't get it, the defense was great, but both teams were just hitting their shots. So, my question is, yes, the West loaded up, and the Kings stood pat, but there is something to be said about continuing with the chemistry that they had going already, and they're looking good so far on the other side of the All-Star break. So, is there something to be said about the continuity of the chemistry that they've already built by all playing with each other and the solid eight, nine-man rotation that they have going at this point? Uh, let me know what you think. And condoms are for Paul George. That bitch kicks out on every shot he takes.
2: Uh, well, there. Your question about the building continuity and and Luca, who has been a king's stand in our in the dirty sports world for a while now. I'm not sure if he's going to want to hear this or. Or not, like this might be something that he's like, you're absolutely right. Or I have a feeling like, oh, Prano's not hype enough because I'll say this this is the first time that Luca was still hype about the Kings in late February. I've gotten some messages from him in the past, hyped as shit in November. This Kings team, look out. Let me tell you what's going to happen. And I was just like, okay, tap the brakes. It's November. You guys are six and five or whatever. Um, I I absolutely think the Kings standing pat is a nice move for them because, and again, I don't think you're ready for this. I don't think you're ready yet. Uh, I think that this Kings team is good and I think that this Kings team is building something and I think this Kings team getting some playoff experience is going to be good and you certainly don't need to uh, mortgage any sort of even short-term future to compete for a title this season because I just don't I just play don't think you're ready I don't think that they're a title contender now uh I think what I like about the Kings not making a move is don't try to be, just because you're the three seed, you don't have to make a move to try to be a title contender this year. I think that what this Kings team needs to do and not making a move at the deadline is probably, you know, in their thought process is this Kings team needs to not be a 10 seed this time next year. This King's team needs to show me some sort of consistency. And when you look at like college basketball, it's always the teams that have a bunch of freshmen that are about to go pro and a bunch of guys who have been playing together five years. Keep this core together. Get some playoff experience. Probably lose in the second round, if not the first round, depending on who you draw as a three seed or as a fourth or whatever. Because like, it's, you know, you could. We just talked about those teams that are like, on the bubble the kings right now are i think are three games up i'll check it i think they're three games up on the four seed um yeah they're three games up on phoenix so you're you know they're not they're by no means locked into the three seed they're also by no means not they have a chance at the two seed they have a chance at the four seed but like they're gonna be right there and the like we just talked about the warriors end up being uh seven or a six the Lakers end up being a seven or a six like after play-ins and all that. like I'd be careful not to lose a first round game of series to a team that has some experience but at the same time it's building that playoff experience if I'm a Kings fan or I'm a Kings exec my goal is play some meaningful games this postseason try not to go out in the first round build some experience, build this core and, and be a top four team this time next year, because making a move and then it goes haywire and then team chemistry is fucked up. And then you lose in the second round anyway. And now next year we're looking at, Oh, the Kings are a 10 seed again. This Kings franchise has had moments of excitement quickly disappear. So, I a hundred percent agree with his call that this was a good move. Maybe just not for the reason that he was hoping for me to agree. Like, I just don't think you're ready. And I think the thing is don't fuck with it. Build, become ready. Don't fall off.
1: Well, moving to the other side of the, the NBA, something that would really scare me if I'm a box fan is this ownership sale. Today they sold, so the Bucks are co-owned, and the other half of the ownership was bought today, or it's going to happen, by the Browns owner Jimmy Haslam. That dude, if I'm a Bucks fan, that terrifies me. The guy who gave Deshaun Watson 253 million dollars guaranteed, could be calling shots.
2: Yeah. In related news, they've announced they'll be retiring both of Kobe Bryant's numbers, and Ben Roethlisberger will be signed to a 10-day contract.
1: <laughs> right? That's like, that's that's not what you want if you're a Bucks fan. This no. guy, because the Browns, since he took over as the owner, they have one playoff win. They haven't really moved the needle, and again. The, the Sean Watson contract is so bad. You just better hope this is a financial move and not a move where he's actually making decisions. Yeah. Which, by the way, return on investment. This is wild. I saw the Bucks were bought in 2014 for $550 million. They sold for $3.5 about six times the value in less than Which is insane
2: because I've heard no one's watching the All Star Game. No one cares about the NBA. They got woke. They went broke. No one cares anymore.
1: So it's funny. I'm assuming say that.
2: that's just a Biden and inflation. That's what it is. It's three and a half billion because of inflation.
1: The All Star Game ratings were down big time.
2: Yeah, because no one gives a fuck because no one tries and whatever. But I was gonna say,
1: but but I don't think that really matters. Again, yeah, of course it doesn't. You know, it's like we always say, until the The NFL
2: is absolutely king of the United States of America sports, and no one gives a shit about the Pro Bowl.
1: Yeah, and until the advertisers stop paying for commercials, and until the network stop paying billion dollars oh was
2: kia all-star weekend presented by t-mobile that you can stream on your iphone's new hd device whopper 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 you're gonna dunk and hold a whopper whopper oh was it was that weekend down that by the way that's the official title trademarked of all-star weekend i don't know if you know that No, I didn't. It's Kia All-Star Weekend presented by T-Mobile. Whopper, 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 Whopper TM.
1: You know, the the advertisement and the TV deal thing, it's almost like the quarterback situation in the NFL, right? Like until a franchise says, hey, man, we're not going to pay you all this. Until a TV network says, dude, we can't just keep paying billions of dollars for these sports deals. But I don't think it will ever happen because it's so coveted. You know how I talked about Netflix earlier in the show?
2: I don't know. I, there is a chance that I I have seen that some NBA warm-up uh uniforms are were about Black History Month this so it could be it could just bottom out. That could be the end of TV deals as we know it. I'm not following. Oh, I don't know. I think that's I think that's what today's entire rundown of outkick.com or whatever is. Are, will the NBA be entirely broke because of MLK Black History Month T-shirts? I just think that is, that is my favorite shitty take in all of sports media. The NBA is dissolving because they because the league that's eighty five percent black people says care about black people.
1: Well, again, yeah, it's it's I it's you just follow the money and. I was just bringing up Netflix because I was reading an article about the the full, what is it the full swing dock whatever it's called on the golf. and that, and that's what they were saying they're like is this Netflix kind of dipping their feet in to try to make a play for live sports which again is going to be billions of dollars I mean it's I, I can't get over that return on investment to go from 550 million. I don't think people realize like that's I know because it's so much money like you can't really process that. But if you know, if you did that with a hundred dollars and you got six and a half times your return in, in that short amount of time. But again, if I'm a Bucks fan, I don't like this. This, this
2: guy, I don't, I don't know what the Bucks situation was prior in terms of how fans felt like the ownership cared or not cared about. It. I mean, obviously Giannis is a game-changing, franchise-saving, franchise-making player um, who came along and 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 made them from a team that you know has had other great players in the past come and go. Because who wants to be in fucking Minnesota? Who wants to play for the Bucks? Uh, obviously, got them a championship. Uh, they're right there again this year. Uh, but I don't know how people felt about, you know, ownership in general. But again, uh, the Cleveland Browns are one of the worst run franchises in the history of professional sports.
1: Calling Hugh Jackson, calling Hugh Jackson.
2: Yeah, you it it doesn't seem like the kind of place where you want to go finding your next owner. No. How do do I know him? Oh, he owns one of the worst-run professional franchises in the history of professional sports. Oh, okay. Got it.
1: Also, he's the guy behind the pilot gas stations and truck stops. Have you ever seen a clean bathroom there? Yeah. Serious question. Have you ever walked into the pilot and been like, that's a nice clean bathroom? I remember us
2: driving and stopping at a pilot on our way to Ball State, and I was just like, why do these places have showers? uh, Do you remember how creeped out I was? It's Just a trucker showering at a gas station. Yeah. Meanwhile, Philadelphia Eagles fans' mouths are watering at the idea that they could eat a sandwich at the same place they shower. <laughs>
1: uh, I think we got. I think we got. A Nothing DNA. hits like a shower, hoagie. <laughs> That's your me. I think somebody sent me something about. Uh... Was it the Jalen Brown? I think it's on my personal DMs. I oh think, my god! Did you see the Jalen Brown thing?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah, somebody sent it to uh, to my DMs
1: as well. I think he said that uh, that Sixers fans were shouting at him that he hopes he hope he tears his ACL as he was walking on into the stadium.
2: Yeah, Philly fans, gonna Philly fan. Oh.
1: I. I have it here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's go ahead. Say what you're going to say. I have
2: said this in the past. That is one thing, you know, the Philly fan. Oh, when we go to games, it's, you know, you don't like it. Don't come to the stadium. I have been in homes with, you know, me, I, you, and you know, my, uh, my two famous Eagles fans, friends here in Los Angeles, I will sit in their homes watching Eagles games and hear them yell at the TV, cheering for injury. Break his legs! You're just like, what is wrong
1: with you people? Yeah, so this is what Jalen Brown said to a, uh, a reporter after the game.
3: They all count as one, but in this rivalry, is it any sweeter? When
1: he- Can you hear that? Yes. Okay, making sure.
3: In Philly? Uh, not really. You know, I just look at it as, you know... Each and every game, you just take a grain of salt. I'm sure we'll see them down the line. So you just be ready um, when it's time to go. Um, it's fun playing here. crowd was a little bit you know, hostile. In moments, there was you no know, people on the side. was talking crazy, um, et cetera. But, you know, we persevere. You make some plays and, and you get the win. Do you enjoy that? Uh, it depends. You know, I got – I started talking to you know, one of the fans because it got a little bit excessive. Where it got a little disrespectful, you know, and stuff like that. Even before the game, it was entering the arena. You know, it was people saying, hope you tear your ACL. Like, you know, and it's just, I understand people
0: care and they love, you know, the team that they cheer for, but I don't think it gets a
3: little excessive at times.
1: But wait, I, I love,
3: like
2: I would he, argue the- that they don't love the team that they cheer for. I I would argue that they love hating
1: shit. I love the look on his face, like he's trying to process. Why would somebody tell me to tear my ACL as I'm walking into the arena?
2: I would argue, in my experience, Philadelphia sports fans enjoy disrespecting the players and fans of an opponent more than they enjoy winning. I can see that. And you go, I mean, Andy, open that tweet. And open the replies. I have not looked. Open the, I guarantee you someone underneath is defending Philly fans with something like toughen up pussy. You don't like it. Don't come to Philly. Like welcome to Philly. It's what we do. Like I guarantee you there's Philly fans in there defending it.
1: Uh, I I clicked it off I don't know where the tweet is But uh, I'm sure you're right
2: And not like This happens in every city Because that, that was their That was their move For a while there This happens everywhere And then it's like I mean I'm going to pull it up Because I guarantee it's there I guarantee it
1: As far as what the fans were saying
2: Gotta love it We're from Philly Fucking Philly We don't <laughs> care
1: Oh man! Yeah, I see that it's the second one. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's just like you can't defend this. I mean, the the again, there's there's. Nothing wrong with being passionate. Fans will try and get in your head.
2: Takes a strong mind to not let them. This is an example on how this league has
1: gone soft. But see, I like I don't. I wouldn't see somebody twenty, you know, twenty years ago in any other market, but they're saying that. You know what I'm saying? Like the (sighs) idea that it's soft. Bless you. Like I never went to games.
2: Andy, the 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 first time I went to a game in Philly was in college. It was just after I went to Lehigh. So it was ninety seven or ninety-eight. That's twenty five years ago. They were yeah. doing the same shit and that was the day I was like, Oh. We hate Dallas and we hate the Braves. But this is different. These people are
1: fucking garbage they just learned it garbage
2: i was like in that moment i was like wow i've seen trashy sports fans before but i but you are by far the trashiest
1: yeah yeah at this point i think it's kind of unanimous i've never experienced it firsthand but just from everything you see as far as the worst fans across, like
2: it's, but this is this is a great example too. It's like Boston fans are racist, which no one's denying, you know. And and New York fans will call you a fucking loser, whatever. Historically, Philadelphia fans do not treat athletes as if they are human beings. They throw batteries at their own players. <laughs> It's crazy. They cheered when Michael Irvin got taken off in a neck brace and a, on a stretcher strapped down to a stretcher. There is a f- f- amazing still photo of Eagles fans cheering Victor Cruz as he holds his torn ACL. They will say shit like we hope you break your leg. We hope you tear your ACL. It's the truly worst people in the world. A nice there, there's a subset. There, listen, there's all kinds of cross sections as people. But the worst cross section of people is Philadelphia sports fans.
1: Yeah. It seems to be the consensus at this point. It's pretty crazy. Well, we talked about the NBA and advertisers. I think. Now's a good time to plug one of our advertisers, Joe Prano. Let's talk about ButcherBox.
2: I love Butcher Box. I love it, too. They sent us a bunch of meat. I don't know how long ago that was now, Andy.
1: About a month ago, three weeks ago.
2: I just finished the last of it. Oh, wow. Just now. Just a couple nights ago. Took the last thing of ground beef, made some pasta bolognese. And that was it. I made chili. I made a second round of chili for the Super Bowl. I made so many steak dishes. I made,
1: uh, you know, uh, beef stroganoff.
2: I mean, it's just the the amount of meat that they send you.
1: Oh, they send so much. So I actually cooked two flank steaks the other night, Saturday night. Haven't been home as much dealing with the baby in the hospital, but I did point out to my girlfriend look how much Butcher Box we still have in the freezer. And it tastes good and it's quality and it comes right to your door. Like you can't beat it, right? All those things combined make it a home run. Guys, we got something else that Butcher Box is offering right now. You get free. Chicken nuggets
2: oh get out of here yeah
1: look at this new thing free chicken nuggets for a Nugs. year love me some chicken nuggets free chicken nuggets for a year for a year and 10 percent off your first box when you sign up today so that's a 22 ounce a 22 ounce bag of gluten-free chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash dirty and use code dirty. I got it right there on the screen. Once again, claim this deal at butcherbox.com forward slash dirty. Claim this deal. Yeah. So claim this deal at butcherbox.com forward slash dirty and use code dirty.
2: I love me some chicken nugs. Oh, who I'm doesn't not gonna love, lie.
1: Who doesn't love some chicken You nuts? know what my
2: favorite one of my favorite ongoing internet arguments is? Uh Bone-in wings versus boneless wings? Yeah. And then they'll go, there's no such thing as boneless wings. You like chicken nuggets? And I go, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Who
1: doesn't did, love chicken did nuggets? Did you think you had
2: cornered me in some sort of...
1: <laughs> Who doesn't love chicken nuggets? Yes.
2: Oh, yeah. I love I love chicken nuggets covered in buffalo sauce. And I like to dip them in blue cheese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, did you... <laughs> I'm glad that we finally come to an agreement here. <laughs> like, they think they're doing verbal kung fu? You don't like... Wings, you like chicken nuggets, you're right,
1: <laughs> you're goddamn right, yeah, you don't love chicken nuggets, yeah, I've never the great thing about chicken nuggets is you can eat them if you're three or if you're yeah eighty three like that's one of those foods that like kids like adults like teenagers like college kids,
2: you don't like wings, you like big, fat pieces of white meat breast covered in. Buffalo sauce you can dunk in blue cheese. That's absolutely what I like. Thank you. But, like, that's, that's the the uh, arm wrestling meme.
1: <laughs> so I used to always be boneless wings, and I'm swaying back now. I, I bet I'm one of the very few people who doesn't have a preference at this point. Uh,
2: my preference is I will eat some wings, and sometimes I get a craving – for some wings. Yeah, me too. And if I go to a place, I'm the same as you. If I go to a place, it'll be like, "Ooh, am I in the mood for boneless or am I in the mood for wings?" Yeah. And then I'll, and then I'll be like, "How are your boneless and how are you like talk to me about what's going on?" And honestly, I think that's the only right opinion to have. The people whose opinion are like, "No, I need it all over my face and hands. I need I need bone." <laughs> I need bone when yeah, I want chicken I need take. bone I need bone
1: it's a weird take
2: okay I don't like chicken nuggets, okay, get out of here then don't sign up for what is apparently the best butcher box deal ever free nuggets <laughs> in every box for a year yeah
1: yeah it, it's a weird it is a weird take that you have to ride or die with. Bone in or boneless Like dude I don't really care
2: I I feel like I feel like no one Who's boneless gang Is even Like I feel like There's only There's People who are only Bone in gang Yeah And then there are people Who are just like I like wings man And I like buffalo nuggets And I like bone, And I like Sometimes I like Pieces of buffalo chicken on a salad. Sometimes oh, yeah. I like it in a wrap.
1: Sure, you know hundred percent. I mean? Love it in wraps. No, Love it on honestly,
2: salads. if buffalo sauce is involved, I need to have. I need to have wet wipes. <laughs> the only way I can eat my buff. I, the only time I can eat buffalo sauce is, is if wet wipes are involved. Yeah, it really is. And a... and, and griddle and yeah. like, you know, crazy chicken
1: crunch. It's a weird take. It's like. You're digging your sand. You're, you know, you're, you the foot. You're putting it down. You're drawing. What's the saying?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, honestly, the beef equivalent is like I like hamburgers. Not me. Tomahawk steaks only. Only t-bones. That's yeah. It. Oh, you don't like like a steak sandwich? Nope. Bone in ribeye. <laughs> <laughs> filet mignon, bone in rib. Flamingon. Are you a fucking child? That's not a stick. That's a that's a beef nugget. You're like, all right. Yeah. You weirdos.
1: Can we talk a little NFL? Sure. I gotta got take some digs at Russell Wilson.
2: I love it. I mean, the the hall of fame of in dirty sports history of players once beloved by Andy Ruther that are now just. He's, he's climbing list. I don't think anybody will ever top Kobe. You're your, your swinging from one end to the other. On But, like, you were you were way more of a Russell Wilson stand than you were a Kobe stand. But I don't think anybody will ever go as far the other way. For somebody True. that you are positive on, I don't think anybody will ever go. I mean, but, man, he, the fall just, from grace just in, in, in Rutherdom for he's just Russell such a, Wilson.
1: He's just such a liar. He's just such a liar. So reports came out on The Athletic on Friday that Russell Wilson asked to be traded. I'm sorry. He asked for Pete Carroll and the Seahawks GM to be fired. They responded by trading him, <laughs> keeping the coach, keeping the GM, making the playoffs with Geno Smith. Yeah. And he has the worst year of his career. Yeah. You have to laugh.
2: And then and his team stinks. And then they have to fucking trade more draft picks on top of the ones they traded to get him to get a coach to save him.
1: Yeah. And then he goes on Twitter, whether it's him or one of his million people is working for him and says, I love Pete. And he was a father figure to me. And John, that's the GM believed in me and drafted me as well. I never wanted them fired. All any of us wanted was to win. I'll always have respect for them and love for Seattle. You're just, dude, you're just lying. This report just came out of nowhere. Like this report was just fabricated out of nowhere, Russ. Just made up that you wanted Carol and the GM fire. You just, it just came out of nowhere. You are such a fucking liar, dude. That's step one in maybe you getting better is owning up to your shit. You're a liar, man. And this is what. Well, you got your coach. Here's, here's, here's what I'll say to him. Included in that report was that he wanted them fired and he wanted Sean Payton hired on the Seahawks. So he's got his coach. He's got Sean Payton. So you better have a good year. Yeah.
2: I wonder when it comes to stories like, Andy, do you think there are dirtballs out there who, like, see my take on, like, certain players right now or the the pitch clock or this or that or whatever. Maybe like uh, uh, what what became a polarizing thing for uh, like our Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins video that you put up. A lot of people who obviously aren't already dirty sports listeners chiming in. Do you think that there are dirtballs who see me put up a video like that right now and say, hey, man, I really want to shit on Joe about this Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr thing? But they go, "But every time, every time he's proven right. Russell Wilson, dog shit traffic. Trash coach killing locker room terror after all the years. All the years, I feel so vindicated. Every story that comes out about Russell Wilson vindicates my fucking feeling. Fucking overrated. Not like not a leader, clearly.
1: Well, look, here's my thing on Russ. Like, I again, we might not agree on all these things. I think that it obviously worked. They went to two Super Bowls, they won one. It is a partnership when you have a coach and a quarterback and a defense. Like it all fits together and it works. But my thing on him at this point is you're just a fake piece of shit, man. There, but, there's no other way around. You're just, you're fake and you're not playing well enough to back any of that fakeness up.
2: The audacity of someone to want, Pete Carroll fired when Pete Carroll is the only reason you exist. Correct. The only reason you exist and shame on you. Yeah. Seahawks fans shame on you. Russ forever, ever doubting that forever. All of you. If you ever type, let Russ cook go in the other room Get out a belt and whip yourself in the nutsack. How dare you? It was always Pete. It was always the defense. It was always most successful when you shut up, you didn't get paid, and you game managed. Everything after that has been a roller coaster sliding down a gigantic valley. And here you are in Denver. Look, I'll I'll, I'll give the fingers crossed.
1: You'll be the wild card team. Fingers crossed. I'll give Seahawks fans. Look, it's, it's tough. I thought at a certain point, Hey, so just whether it's care or anybody else, a guy's been there long enough. Like it's changed. Sometimes good. Like I'm not going to shit on Seahawks fans for having their quarterbacks back. I don't think anyone like like as far as the level of his. But you
2: just gotta watch the games, and you gotta watch what was. Imagine a, imagine a. We got to do something about Ed Reed's and Ray Lewis's contract. We need to let Dilfer cook.
1: I don't think that's a fair comparison.
2: No. I don't all-time defense makes Super Bowl wins, he, yeah, makes, but again, another but again, Super Bowl again. It, quarterback had, throws interception to lose second Super Bowl.
1: He had ten great years. I'm not going to take that away from him. It's obviously it's a team game, but the team and individual success were very consistently great for ten years. Look, this is the year. Like I said, like this, I, I just what I don't like is when people don't own up to anything. And again. Dude, you have a million people around you. If you read more of these articles, the the privilege he was got he he received from Hackett and all this bullshit. That's not that's not how you become friends with your teammates. That's not and how now, you bond.
2: and now Sean Payton has been put in a position where he has to come into this team. They're already down draft picks from the Russ. They're down draft picks from him. He's got to come in and he's already having to answer questions about dealing with. Russell Wilson dealing with Russell Wilson's personal coaches, dealing with Russell Wilson's posse on the sideline. Whether or not uh, Sean will you be featured on a new Ciara track? Like he's like, uh, I just want to like figure out how to win football games. Like there, I would say it's as equal a chance that Sean Payton turns Russ around year one to the tune of playing way better and them being a wild card team as there is that. In a year, they've got to figure out a way to cut their losses and tank and move on and 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 be like, listen, we brought in Russ, new coach. He stunk. We brought in the coach, the QB guru. He still stinks. We got to cut our losses and get the fuck out of here. I would say it's a coin flip at this point, which way it goes. I know which way it's not going. You know, 14 and three winning the AFC West. despite what Travis Kelsey is going to tell you. They all said Sean Payton was going to come in and win 17 games. Everybody said we weren't going to make the playoffs. How you like us now?
1: You jabroni. Well, another wild. Everybody
2: was talking about Pat Sandwich not being as good as the Danger Witch. I think we all know now. It is the elite sandwich. Woo!
1: Did you read anything about the Lamar Jackson contract? No. Did you read that article? No. So
2: Lamar Jackson still wants an absurd deal. I'm dude. Assuming. It's crazy. That's just so,
1: yeah. Well, that's the gist. So, but it was more behind the scenes of like at the end of the year what was going on the final week, final couple weeks of the regular season in the playoffs. And basically Lamar Jackson, who again represents himself, keeps claiming he wants more guaranteed than Deshaun Watson. And it's like, guys, the the NFL, the other owners, the other organizations have learned like, That's just an outlier. (laughs) Nobody's given their guy 250 million guaranteed.
2: And I just tweeted it the other day in regards to the Lamar Jackson thing. And in regards to the Daniel Jones thing, it's like the idea that NFL QBs or their agents are like, Hey, Browns are the worst run franchise in the history of professional (laughs) sports. And if you don't do what they did, (laughs) we're out and, and teams are going, okay, okay. (laughs) <laughs> I guess you got to leave that. Like yeah. what What the fuck are you talking about?
1: I know. But in this article it also, I guess a lot of it's I think it's it, the relationship is starting to fracture with his teammates because they're all like, can you play, you know, it's one of those at the end of the year, could he play or how he went about it. I guess they didn't know he was going to announce on Twitter. Hey, I'm not playing this week. Nothing, none of that was ever discussed with the coaches or the team. I think here's my take at this point. If I'm the Ravens, I trade him. The question is, who wants that? Who wants that contract? I trade him. I trade. If I'm the Ravens, because they still have nice pieces. He doesn't have that contract. True, he's a free agent. You're right. So, he. You're you right. Could, you he could, could do, go the Lavion, Bell route. Couldn't he? exactly. Yeah,
2: but who's trading for him to give him that deal?
1: That's the question.
2: Or who, even even if they're going, fuck it, we don't care. Like we we're, we're not even going to try to do the tag and whatever. It's who out there wants to pay Lamar Jackson that money. No one.
1: He doesn't see that though. He doesn't realize that. I have an option. Hear me out. You know
2: who's out there and you know which team, which franchise? The Jets. Everybody's talking about the Jets. The Jets, the Jets, the Jets. For every quarterback, it's the Jets. It's Carter, the Jets. It's Rogers to the Jets. I think the Jets are building something, but but you just said you could go the Le'Veon Bell route. What is the Le'Veon Bell route out of football?
1: Yeah, it is.
2: I'll take the money from the Jets and be out of football. <laughs> yeah, you could go the Le'Veon Bell route.
1: So, former NFL quarterback, I, I got I got the Ravens replacement. Former NFL quarterback John Kittner was just hired locally here to be a high school football head coach okay the cowboys have done this before bring kitna back from retirement see what he can do with the ravens see what he can do he's coaching high school football here in cincinnati don't bring his kid around though his kid his kid is into some bad things
2: where what school is john kitna coaching at is it a good high school f- football program?
0: No,
1: they're struggling. Lakota East high school football. Now Lakota West is is really good. That's their rival, obviously. So I don't know. Yeah, he was just named head coach. Which he didn't spend much time here as a player. I don't know. Who knows? It's gonna help increase Cincinnati population though. Doesn't didn't he one of those didn't he one of those big religious guys with a million kids? No idea. Did I just make that up?
2: No idea. The only thing I know about John Kitna is he's a great example of a guy that, you know, I spent so many years with delusional Cowboys fans being like, Romo's better than Eli Manning. I go, why are we talking about it? John Kitna's starting for you this weekend. Why are we like, yeah? why are we even talking about Tony Romo? I made that up. He has three kids. <laughs> I can he's only got me. two more kids than you do, buddy. <laughs> You're closer to John Kitna than John Kitna is to Philip Rivers.
1: It's still weird to me to be like, I'm a dad. Somebody, somebody the other day was like, are you the father? And I was like, yes, I am. Allegedly. Ask Maury. Did I do that joke again yesterday? Yes, I did. You know what's crazy when you become a dad? I don't know if any other dads out there do this. I start like projecting about thinking things way in the future like how I would handle certain things. And I got ridiculed by my girlfriend's mom because I said, I'm just going to talk through everything with her. And she's like, good luck. Talk through. I'm like, that's, yeah, I'm not going to get mad. I'm going to talk through everything. Do you think that's foolish? Uh, What, I mean,
2: what are the other options? What what are we...
1: You know, the what dad who get, yeah, I don't know. Somebody gets mad. It's like, go to your room or like, it's, if a kid messes up, I'm like, kids, I don't, I don't believe in fear-based learning. So yeah, I'm like, let's, let's talk. Like, I'm not, I'm not like locking her door. Like, what what was that going to do? I don't know. I got, I got a lot to figure out.
2: We, I think, you know, I you know who I think you gotta be, you, you're, you need, I think you need a dad mentor. And I think that's Mikey. I think Mikey's your dad mentor. He's he's already your Christmas light mentor, your yard mentor. Like I think he's be really, because honestly, he was the worst kid of all time. Like he's he's top five worst kid of all time. Even though like like top he he was only top two in his family, but he's top five historically, <laughs> top five in the world, top two in his family. Um, just a an like an absolute. Like walking rap sheet. Like a walking, like is he coming home in a cop car. Kids remarkably well behaved. What age are his kids? Ten and seven, I think. Are they both boys? Boy and a
1: girl. Okay. Good. So he's so
2: got So remarkably well behaved. I remember when he was when his when he first had his son, his son would like fall and hurt himself. He was like, Don't look at him. He's like, If you react, then he's gonna react. Just let him sit there. And the kid, good would, advice. The, the kid would like start crying and then no one would care. And then he'd just stop crying. That's great. Like, yeah. It's amazing.
1: I've heard my other brother
2: say that. Yeah. You can't, you can't like jump on him when they. Get I was hurt. like, what if he's like hurt? He's like, he's not. We'll see blood. I was like, okay. <laughs> but like remarkably well behaved children.
1: Yeah. I can see that though. I, I feel like that happens. It skips a generation. I don't know. Like I saw this kid there today. he's probably like eight Every time I see this kid in the neighborhood, he's walking his dog and he's buried in his phone. I'm like, that shit is not going to fly with me. The like eight year old buried in their phone, walking the dog. No, that was one of the things that came to my mind. I was like, the phones will be turned in at night to dad. Not that I'm going to like look at them, but like, I don't want you on your phone before bed.
2: I love that you're even planning for this. Do you know what the, like imagine in 2000, five or something like that having a kid and then not even thinking about eight years later 10 or 12 years later like what's even gonna happen with phones your your the phones are gonna be turned by the time your kid is phone level she'll have the google eye implanted in her retina good point what are you gonna do turn in her eye at night like maybe there's not there's there's not gonna be taking away of the devices they're all gonna be like russell wilson's devices on their wristband
1: yeah that's true you can't plan technology you want to get to some calls let's do it 310-359-8365 is our hotline i wanted to get to this one last episode didn't have time this is for both of us and it's also regards to you heading to a state you've never been to great Sorry, let me take off the. Uh, there we go. What's going on here? Up oh, once again. The volume was on. Sorry, I'll try this for the third time. boy,
3: hey boys, John Felix of Utah here. Uh, question for you: Frano's mentioned he's going up to Montana, and it's one of the last four states he has been to. So, congrats, Frano uh montana's beautiful state uh but what constitutes having been to a state um you know some hacks think like just visiting the airport accounts which i definitely do not uh but take for example i have uh taken a train to amtrak from boston to new york you know sat by the window saw a lot of connecticut and rhode island i guess during that that trip uh, but i never left the train never stood on the platform so like would you say that i have been to connecticut um or what's your criteria curious Stay there.
1: this is actually a great question yeah
2: i don't consider airports at obviously an airport is not visiting a state technically i don't even think you're like you're on federal land i think even <laughs> so uh I, te- I, 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 uh, airport hard. Now a train, I get what the fuck's is going on here. Can you hear that beeping?
1: No. Oh, okay. So yeah, a train or a car. I'm saying yes. Like if you're driving through a state, you're seeing it, you're experiencing it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a car it, it it's kind of different to me. It's like it depends what we're talking about. It's like driving through a state in a car. Like if you drove through, you know, Rochester, New York, or like you know, if you if you were like on I eighty in New York, and you went from Pennsylvania to like wherever. Like I don't know if you've been in New York. You know, if you if you drove in a car in New York City, I would be like, okay, you've been in New York. You know what I mean? Um, I think a train is kind of like a plane you're passing through now you maybe've seen it, but I've done a lot of cross country road trips and stopped in a lot of places but also and and i've been to i've been in Nebraska for example i went to, i did a great American comedy festival in Nebraska. Also prior to doing the great American comedy festival in Nebraska, I drove cross country and drove through the state of Nebraska and stopped for like lunch. And to me that was like, what the hell did I, what would I have missed? You know what I mean? Sure. But like, I think, I think having any sort of experience in a state is for sure a visit. And then like, to be totally honest with you and I know that some people are going to be upset by this but if you live in a shitty state if you know if you're in Iowa or Nebraska or fucking Oklahoma or whatever and I've driven through for 5 hours yeah it counts
1: well yeah that's what I was going to say like if you drive through an entire state and there's nothing there you've been in that state
2: yeah but to me like you you passed through Rhode Island for twenty minutes on a train from New York to Boston. I don't know if you've visited that state. six hours of driving through Nebraska and lunch in North Platte or whatever
1: yeah, you have been I was there. there sure no, for sure. airport's definitely hard now that's hard now no.
0: yeah
2: but i I think before I had visited Tennessee. I had driven through Tennessee like briefly on a car. And I was like, that doesn't count. You know, uh, Mississippi I've been through, but I haven't like done a whole lot in. And I,
1: okay, here's one for you. Back when I was doing those, those fraternity college shows, when I was driving all over the country, I drove through Minnesota but not like any cities. Like yep. I was through the state. I stayed in a hotel.
0: You
2: stayed in the hotel in Minnesota. You've been there. You
0: but you know what I'm saying?
2: But, but like off the freeway. I didn't experience You met people. You sure. saw the state. You've been to Minnesota. I have not been to Minnesota. I've that. I've been through
1: the airport, but I've never been to Minnesota. All right. Here's another non sports related question.
3: Yo, John, Andy's your boy, Nick. Uh, I'm watching stand-up comedy by Jim Brewer, this dude's hilarious. I wonder if you guys ever met him or, like, my my main question is, like, like just tell, like, the craziest stories you guys have doing stand-up, like, while on stage or backstage or, like, meeting other comics. Real curious, because, like, Like a dope life, you know. You just make people laugh for money. Definitely good for the ego. Anyways, you saw boys. Condoms are still for Tony Romo. Fuck that clown.
1: I mean, he's kind of all over the map here. Like,
2: I almost like. Dare I say, like, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start here, Andy. Uh, This feels like. uh, This feels like a. feels like a trap call you opened with jim brewer's hilarious jim brewer has appeared in some funny things historically go boy but but overall jim brewer might have one of the single worst comic careers i've ever seen i haven't watched his stand-up you haven't seen the new stuff you haven't no. seen the new stuff that was making the rounds recently? You gotta pull it up, Andy. Put Jim Brewer into Twitter. You gotta see where he's where he's at these days.
1: Do you get political?
2: Oh yeah. Damar Hamlin's uh an alien. Like, is he being serious or is he joking? No, no, no. Listen, like, I mean, I can't believe you didn't see this. I just hate when anybody gets you. You gotta watch. No, it's it's beyond political. It's beyond politics stuff.
1: Which? What am I pulling up here?
2: I mean, did you put there? There's one that there's like video that will come up.
1: This is from February fifth. Yeah, it's gotta be it. it. No, you gotta be it. It's vaccinated stuff.
2: But you gotta watch it though. It's not not even forget, dude. We just saw. We've seen Chappelle. We've seen. Burr, we've seen whatever it's not about the to- like forget the topic at hand watch the comedy Andy like right now what put it on you got to see this because like I don't even know where to go with this call if this is where we're starting I'm just watch you're just watching Jim Brewer now like I'm just like I- I'm I'm almost wondering if this is like a trick if this is like a prank
1: no it's not a prank there's no way it's a prank All right, so you're talking about like this clip. Sure.
2: I don't even know.
1: I don't know either.
3: Vaccinators, you were real cocky a couple months ago.
0: we got vaccinated. Got my
3: second shot April 19th.
0: Can get sick from the corona. I'm vaccinated. See this bucket of virus? I'm vaccinated. I'll even lick a metal. I'm not afraid of anything. I don't have to wear a
3: mask. Uh, people vaccinated getting
1: sick. What? Well, I, I hate how it's pixelated. So it's basically...
2: I mean, forget the topic at hand,
1: Andy. Well, it's just... It's the, the, the body movement.
2: It is like... It's like if you were doing a sketch show about bad stand-up comedy, that is who... that You would be like... You would show them that video and you'd be like, this is how we want you to act.
1: So some people like the theater i'll call it that's now, obviously you and i don't like that's not my thing for stand-up comedy that's not even th- he's not
2: even doing like he's not even doing an act out he's to, like, uh, like he's doing like
1: i'm laughing because it's so ridiculous
2: i'm laughing at the absolute absurdity that he's still like I mean, it's at, I'm sure that's at a super church or something like that. You know what I mean? I'm sure that's at like a. No. No, I'm serious. I think that's occurring like at a super church fundraiser or at some like Make America, like whatever. Like all these things, all these clips that keep coming out of him are from like wild fucking events. Like, you know, whatever. Like he's
1: not. Well, I'm looking at his, I'm looking at his tour schedule. He's still doing comedy clubs. He's still doing. Casinos. You know. Well, he he just I don't know. He he's obviously going in hard on this. Forget stuff. that though.
2: Forget the topic. Again. We're talking about a guy who's literally just making faces. <laughs> yeah. That's the punchline. It's like
3: ah. Get out
1: now, now let me ask you this like
2: to me when was somebody his, a, so when somebody asks me about stand-up comedy so let's get back to the question when somebody was his,
1: hold on real quick was his stand-up always like that though yeah, yeah
2: that's what i'm saying and now we're at the point where like now we're at the point where it's like the goat boy this is a great bit well sure but we're now at the point where Goat Boy is doing Goat Boy, but not being a goat and talking politics. I got you. You
1: know what I'm saying? Yeah, fair point.
2: But he's still Goat Boy. He's just like ah, you go back it. ah. It's like when people ask me about stand up comedy, and I have a, I have a lot of interactions with people uh, because people all go, "Oh, it's the hardest show you ever did. What's it like? What blah, 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 blah This is the hardest part of stand-up comedy, is writing a joke, crafting it, workshopping the shit out of it, taking it on the road, having it go bad, having it go good, having whatever, putting together what I think right now, for people who are going to come see me in Montana, or people who just saw me in Wilmington, North Carolina, shout out to the dirt balls who came out, is an hour that Hits and hits and hits and hits and hits and never has a break. The hardest part of stand-up comedy for me is I can't get booked because Goat Boy is going to scream about vaccines. Because they're like, he's oh, got a bunch of followers. He was on SNL 35 years ago. He was in Half Baked in 1996. And now he's screaming about vaccines. So we got to have him. We got... Joe, we'd love to have you.
1: But you know how that works. It's all about naming. I know, but
2: that's what I'm saying. When you ask me about stand-up comedy, this is stand-up comedy. Some people are – there's incredible – I mean, if anybody ever wants, like, a list of comedians that you should, like, check out that you maybe have never fucking heard of – Reach out to me. And you know what? Honestly, I'm so glad some of those people have blown up. I'm so glad Andrew Santino's blown up from being on Dave and from doing this and from all that stuff. And I'm glad like some people, I'm glad some people have turned social media. Theo Vaughn. I'm glad some people have turned social media and all that stuff into a great thing, Chris Stefano. Um, but then there's people where you're like, what is stand-up comedy? Stand-up comedy is like. Be like it would be the equivalent of like, no, n- of Jokic not being able to get into the starting lineup because they're like Rick Smiths was great in 1996 and he still got a big following.
1: Well, obviously it's changed. You, I'm not going to na- say names. You, when you were in town, you tipped me off to somebody who has a big TikTok following. I don't know if you remember who we're talking about. Who like. Surprises people in the car. Oh yeah! Somehow I I I saw I was looking at his YouTube the other day because it, it popped up. He he popped up in my Facebook feed right because we're friends, and, and that's a prime example. I was like, wait a second. His whole shtick is this now. Like he like. I kept thinking, okay, like like what's he doing for stand-up still? Because I, I knew how he was as a stand that's my point of like or the, or to add to your point, it's like everything's kind of changed with social media and I and and the term comedian is so usefully loosely used, I think. Unfairly, to be honest.
2: Yeah. It's like it's also the only it's the only business where people can do be famous for something else, and then be like, you know, it's like uh, this weekend we've got a great comic. Next weekend we've got a great comic. The weekend after it, we've got the guy who was in the WWE, uh, trying to figure out what to do next with his life. The week after that we've got a great stand-up comedian. Then we've got an actor who was canceled for being a rapist. Uh, then the next weekend after that, another great comedian. Then we've got Goat Boy uh, talking about vaccines. It's it's the only yeah. job in the world where it's like you're like you're like I'm gonna buy a ticket to a comedy club. Is Steve O gonna tell jokes or is he gonna staple his nuts to his leg?
1: Sure. Yeah, no, it 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 is weird like that. It's it's for sure weird like that, and and like. That's what sucks is there are so many great comics, and it's such a such a hard business, it's such a grind and to perfect your jokes and write everything out and then you like you said, you have a guy who was on entourage who just said, "Hey, I'm going to do stand-up comedy because my acting career is over because I got me Too'd. and you're like, "What? fuck this?" It's crazy. I mean,
2: uh oh, 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 this is a this is I, I can't believe I didn't talk about this sooner. So this will be a nice bridge from this conversation. But anyway, my point is is like everybody has their comedy tastes, you know? Like whatever you like. Uh the hard part about stand up comedy. When you want when you ask me though, like talk about stand up comedy, the hard part about me and, and this is not to shit on our caller. Cool, you like Jim Brewer. I think he might be the worst comedian on earth. Um I did a show – I did two shows in Ventura this past weekend. That crowd, they might have liked Jim Brewer because it was like the weirdest crowd ever. They were fine on Friday. Saturday, they were meh. But former intern Aaron Maharas came to the show. I would call him twerks with wolves, but I can't because – First of all, he was like, I was, like, shitting on the crowd because the, sh- the crowd was, like, old and weird and bad. And he was like, actually, I thought you were doing great. So, you know, who knows? Like, for me, it was a terrible show. He said it was fine. I can't call him twerks with wolves anymore, though, because breaking dirty sports news. In the bar after the show, he told me he did 23 Me and has no Native American in him whatsoever.
1: How? No, no way. They need I want I want a resubmission of that test.
2: He says he has no Native American in him whatsoever. And I was like, this was your whole brand, bro. You showed up to Dirty Sports and were like, I was like, You Mexican? And he's like, nah, I'm Native American. And I was like, oh, really? And then the twerks with wolves <laughs> thing happened. Me, by the way, me explaining to my girlfriend that she was going to meet twerks that night and then her being like, what the fuck is twerks? And I was like, oh, it's a long story. But basically, he didn't know what Dances with Wolves was because he's a millennial. So I rebranded him as twerks with wolves because he's Native American. Only for him to drop on us. He is not Native American at all.
1: Unbelievable.
2: And I was like, so I was right the whole time. Stick with your gut. I was like, you're Mexican, bro.
1: I actually texted with him. It's funny. You just saw him. He and I were actually texting as well in the last week. He's a lawyer now. He's a big timer. Yeah. Good for him. That is some breaking news, though.
2: Breaking news.
1: Zero Native American in him?
2: Yeah. Now, we discussed, you know... Mexicans and native, like, what, yeah. I mean, what are we really talking about here? Na- you know, essentially, native North Americans who got fucked by the Spanish are Mexicans.
1: Yeah, basically,
2: right. But but as far as native, he came, he came hot on dirty sports. He was like, I'm Native American,
1: <laughs> and we were like, Yo, your last name was Mohares. Yeah, that's a Spanish
2: name. And then he was and then he came and then he showed up and he was like breaking news. Not Native American at all. Zero (laughs) percent.
1: I thought you were going to come with something crazy like breaking news. Aaron gave up White Claw. (laughs) No,
2: No, although he did. He was drinking beers with me. We went we went out in Ventura after the show. Shout out to him for coming. Shout out to his boy for coming and and checking out the show. Uh, We went out and had beers after. Shout out to Aaron for not only buying me a couple of craft beers, but also going up to the bartender at one point and demanding the closest thing they had to Miller Lights. Love that. Um, so Bill shout works. out to... Yeah, shout out to... Is he living up there? The artist formerly known as Twerks with Wolves. Does he live in Ventura County? He lives in Camarillo. Okay. Which I Yeah, it's probably in Ventura County. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, but he's thinking about moving. So he might he might be back down this way sometime soon. I've I've said that too. I was like, dude, this is gonna be breaking news on the podcast. We have to drop I have to drop this. To Unbelievable. Yeah.
1: I mean, what's next? Trevor's the CEO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trevor's the CEO of ESPN. <laughs> yeah.
2: Can you imagine if we go breaking news? Trevor actually does work at ESPN?
1: Holy shit. All right. Those are our calls.
2: Breaking Three- news. Shabelli's vaccinated.
1: Yeah, I think he actually is. <laughs> 310-3159.
2: Was that 35- Shabelli calling about Jim Brewer, by the way? <laughs> is that former? Uh Shaboring. 310
1: 359 8365. That is our hotline. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I don't know. MySpace. All at the Dirty Sports.
2: Joeprano.com for all live shows. Thanks for throwing that up there, Andy. i have noticing, by the way, on our ticker all show, episode 914. Famous, my famous area code. 914, life up in the house. Uh, Joeprano.com for all live shows. at Joeprano on social media. I just posted on Twitter today and on uh, Instagram today about my shows. Next Friday, February 10th, in bozeman montana last best comedy tickets are available now i would love to see some dirt balls if you're coming i'd love to see you buy tickets and share a screenshot on social media so i can get the ball rolling we're trying to sell tickets i'm trying to add shows if possible but obviously we just love to sell out the shows that are currently going to happen there um after that i will be in i will also be if you're a a Camarillo liver or somewhere up north Uh, I'll be back in Malibu uh, March 9th the day before I go to Montana doing Eddie Ift and Friends at um, Aviator Dreamland in Malibu and then a couple weeks after I am in uh, Montana I'll be in San Luis Obispo for some shows Sneaky Pete's uh, Secret Comedy Show so if you want uh, to know about that I can send you um, some secret information on where to see that in San Luis Obispo, and just stay on JoePrano.com or all my social media at JoePrano everywhere except for Twitter, where I'm at Fix Your Life, and I'll keep posting about shows.
1: All right, that's our show. And follow it's, us on TikTok. Yeah, we are on TikTok
2: because we didn't even talk about the. Uh, we'll save it. I only imagine between now and Thursday, the conversation, the heated conversation around the MLB pitch clock is only going to get more heated. So we'll talk about that on Thursday, but I think we need to drop Joe Prano saves baseball on TikTok this week, Andy.
1: Okay. Yeah. Let me get that edited. I, I, I got, I know exactly where that is in the episode. All right, guys, much appreciation as always for listening, watching, whatever you guys are doing. We'll be back on Thursday. Have a great start to your week. And as always stay
3: dirty.